When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coaches, today before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, CoachPad. Uh, no matter if you draw scout cards by hand or use a program on your computer, CoachPad will give you back time by never stuffing a binder again before heading out to practice. First 13.3-inch electronic device allowing coaches to clearly display scout cards outdoors in the sun has been a game changer for programs this past fall and those currently playing all across the country. This new technology allows coaches to coach and not the monotonous task of stuffing and dealing with binders on the practice field. Check out the Coach Pad and Coach Pad Mini on thecoachpad.com. Please make sure you check out our sponsors, our affiliates, and here is another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Gap Downbacker Podcast. Um, today we have the run game coordinator and offensive line coach at Southeastern Louisiana University, uh, Coach AJ Hop. Uh, coach, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Um, coach and I just got done talking about the lovely weather we're, we're both having. Mine's just really hot and his is really humid. So, um, Coach, kind of, how do you end up as the offensive line and run game coordinator at uh, Southeastern Louisiana? Uh, it's kind of a a long winding road. Well, I'm originally from Akron, Ohio. Um, I played college ball at D2 school, Slipper Rec University, about an hour outside of Pittsburgh. Um, when I was playing there, got done playing. I thought I wanted to go into law enforcement. So I was a criminal justice undergrad. Uh, I got approached uh, by a head coach about getting to coaching. Uh, I was in definitely interested. Um, I got a call from Florida Atlantic. Uh, I, I grew up with the Polini family. I don't know, probably Bo Polini's head coach in Nebraska, his brother Carl. Um, they had a brother that lived um, in Akron, where I'm from, and I was really close to their son and their family. So I've known the Plinis for a while, and Carl just got the head job at Florida Atlantic, and they uh, asked if I wanted to get into coaching. And back then, you can only have two graduate assistants, and they're just past the rule. You could have four. So they called me and asked if I wanted to come down there. Hell, yeah, let's go. And then they called me back, and it didn't work out. They only had two for that season. And then I called back my old head coach at Slip Rock, and they already hired a guy. So it's kind of stuck in Akron. I was working at UPS part-time delivering packages and uh, Carl called me back after this, after the 12 season and asked if I was still interested. So I went down there and spent two and a half years GA down there, then two years at Mississippi state. Then I was at Houston for a season um, working for Chris Selfo. And I saw that this job came, Chris is from Louisiana. I saw the job here opened up and he was a head coach at Tulane. So he has some head coaching experience and I asked if he would be interested in this, but he said, no, but my brother is. And if he gets a job, you'll, I'm going to get you hired. So, all right, not really believing him, but a couple of weeks go by. Sure enough, his brother gets hired and about a month goes by and I get a call and that's kind of how it all started. And he hired me as the uh, tight ends and tackles coach my first year. And then ever since 2019, I've been the O-line coach here. That's good coach. I mean, I've, I mean, and you guys have been quite a, bit success especially lately I mean your off, your offense in general has been pretty explosive the past couple of years um 
And, and I mean, you, I mean, I, your quarterback threw for what over 4,000 yards last year. I mean, you did a really good job protecting them. I mean, kind of, I mean, the first thing I want to get into before we even get to like specific technique and stuff, where do you start when you, and this kind of goes into technique too, where do you start when you start looking at pass pro? Where do you pull what you know from? And then kind of where do you start with your linemen? Uh, pull where I know from. I really learned um, kind of going back to um, John Hevesy. Uh, I was at Mississippi State for a couple of years, and that's really where I cut my teeth and, and I learned a, a whole lot. Um, really good line coach. He was at Florida when, with Coach Mo when he was there, but kind of just learned a lot philosophy-wise from him. Um, kind of in, in man, straight drop back protection. The first thing I always teach us guys is the, is the drop back point of the quarterback. We always got to know where he's, where he's launching from. So the kind of base philosophy is the inside guys, the centers and guards, we want to set the depth of the protection, right? And then the tackles, we're setting the width. We want to get those guys as wide as we can away from the quarterback. So the perfect picture, you kind of have that semi-circle. Yeah. Um, that's just kind of the, the starting point. And then you kind of go in all different fronts and techniques from there. But just a general picture, that's kind of what I painted for those guys. Okay. And like so, and I, I was curious because as as I'm rewatching and doing my prep work, um, some of your linemen are in two points, some of your linemen are in three points. What is the philosophy there? Is it just comfort? Is it just ability? Kind of where do you how do you kind of approach the stance and why a two, why a three? Uh, for tackles, just kind of base rule. I always kept them in a two point stance unless it's um, short yardage and obvious run situations. Um, and we're up, not up tempo, but we're a no huddle team. We can go up tempo if we want to. Um, more of a comf comfort. Uh, I think it's a little easier to get out of that stance and in a two point stance. And with all the checks we have, um, sometimes you see our guys shift their weight, shift their feet. Um, it's a little easier to do a tackle. Inside guys don't have to do it as much. Um, guards are always going to be in three point stance unless it's a two, two minute situation. They'll go a uh, two point or obvious pass situations. I'll let them go to two point. Um, a big thing is, is I want my guys to be comfortable. Um, I don't, there's not really a cookie cutter approach. You have to have this stance. You have to have this feet. I mean, everyone's built differently. So however they feel the most comfortable, um, I kind of let them play around with it. And as long as there's no tells when they're kind of breaking down our film, if they can really tell and if it's a second and medium or a second and long, if, if it's an obvious, if they, if they can tell by our stance, I like to um, try to catch that before it gets too big of a problem. But biggest thing is being comfortable and everyone's built a little different. So we're just kind of however they fit the best in the stance. Now, as a result, do you have everybody work twos and threes? Because, like I said, you obviously short yard situations. You mentioned going in threes there, and so and then given that, how much time do you work on the three point stuff? Given the fact that you're such a heavy two point and no huddle team. Uh, well, we we're do short yardage every week, so they're, they're, it's getting done every week. We're doing short yardage goal line period, so they're they're getting work every single week in the three point stance. Okay, I, I was just curious. Now, yeah. I mean. How, how do you, I mean, how different do you have to work pass pro compared to a, a two point and a three point? Because obviously there's some different mechanisms to that. Um, just kind of, I mean, obviously you're more uh, of a tendency as a, as a two pointer to stand straight up. And you're, I mean, your, your feet are, are a little more wider typically or, or back a little bit more how do you deal with that the differences in working with your linemen when you're talking two versus three um from a stance point and doing um you know i i've had too many issues with it um i mean we we throw the rock around a bunch i mean we're getting so much work with it um the biggest thing is just 
what we drill on is how fast can you get out of your stance. So kind of when we're teaching, we teach a lot of angle sets. Uh, I'm not a big vertical set guy, only in certain types of um, protections with the vertical. But I want to take away that guy's angle. So I kind of whenever I'm teaching that angle, I just tell those guys, what's the, the quickest way from point A to point B? And it's a straight line. So once we know the drop back point and the launch point of the quarterback and where that defensive end or three techniques aligned, all right, what angle is he going to take to get to that quarterback? I want to take away that angle as quick as I can. And how fast can you get to your spot? So you always hear me yelling, get to your spot, get to your spot. Once you get to your spot, then I can settle down. So we just drill getting out of that stance as fast as we can, pushing off that instep, loading our weight pre-snap and, and drilling that. And we'll do that every single day. We call it set the line. We just go and go down the line, different shades, a nine, a six, a seven, a three, a tight three, head up. So it's, it's every single day, how, how quick can you get to that spot? So we really just drill it and we haven't had too many issues of being too high or anything like that. Now, when you say you drill it, how do you set up that drill? Is it just like cones and, and this is going to be your aim point or how, how do you set that up? So to, to make it uh, as most efficient as possible, we'll just go five across and everyone in your respective position behind them. And I'll just start the, the right tackle and I'll start as a, a wide nine. And all, so we got three or four deep. They're all setting to me. So the whole line's going right now. Bump down to guard, a three. Bump down to a front side shade as the center. Then a three in the backside guard, nine in the backside tackle. And let's go back. All right, now I got a, a tight five. Or then I do a four eye the next time. Or I got a two eye or a backside shade. So I'm just going down quick and they're getting as, as fast as they can. And it's just something we do every single day. It doesn't take too much time. It's not very strenuous. It's just getting out there and, and getting that spot. And that what we say is that the spot is, it's my midline to his inside knee, just that relationship the entire time. That's what, that's what I want to get to. Okay, so, so you're set. You're setting to the point. It's, it's where half, I'm, half a man inside. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're essentially your crotch on his inside leg. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's all right. That's I've heard something similar lately, just slightly worded differently, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then and then when you're also working this and you're starting that, okay, here's pass bro. How much do you? work the various pass rushes you can see like I, I know some coaches have it like severely detailed and and there's they have it broken down in like 18 different rushes where others is high hat low hat like and then it, I, I talked to a coach the other day it's like down to potentially four types of rushes I mean how, how do you break down uh defensive line rushes for your offensive linemen well in, in the off season um we'll drill we'll, we'll watch a lot of tape and I like to show my guys a lot of NFL tape too, and just to see what guys are doing. And I mean, everyone watches the same kind of tape. I mean, it's all accessible to everybody. So kind of just mess around the off season, watch a bunch of tape and see different rushes they have. And we'll talk about it. And we got time to walk throughs after lifts this summer. We'll go some, through some of that stuff. The biggest thing during the season is when we break down film is the, every defensive guy we break down, we put their top three rushes down and what their counters off of that. So during that week, especially against the scout team, we'll keep we'll, we'll coach those defensive ends and tackles up to really work on the moves that uh, the guys are going against or showing. I mean, they're not going to get new moves week to week very often. And if they are, I mean, we've seen a bunch in the offseason, but we really try to focus on what they've shown on tape. I mean, obviously, you always got to be ready for something new, but our rules and techniques should take care of all of it. But we just don't want to be surprised by something uh, that we could have been studying the whole time. So. Every time we, I give those guys each week a kind of a, a cheat sheet, the scouting report, and then at the end of the week for our test, they just they got to write down all their top moves and make sure they've been studying them and have a good game plan for it. Okay, now kind of, kind of move, continuing on from that and kind of meshing that a little bit. Um, when you're 
when you get new linemen in, especially freshman linemen, what are typically like the big things that you have to work on or fix or that are just foreign to them when, when you're looking at pass pro with your, your offensive line? Um, it kind of varies. I mean, you just never know with, with a high school guy. Um, sometimes it's technique. Sometimes they, they know the terminology. I mean, some guys, there's some, I mean, obviously there's really good high school coaches in Louisiana. So, uh, a lot of the times it's technique, it's footwork. It's just an understanding of our terminology. Um, I say a lot, but like you said, the two point to three point, that's usually a big thing. Like a, a guy that's only been a three point in high school, that's a huge transition. I remember when I was playing and went going from a three point to a two point, it took a while. Um, I usually, that's the biggest thing. Guys have been predominantly three point stances, trying to come out of a, a stance in two point is a little challenging at times. Um, but I mean, it really varies from, from player to player. It could be stance, it could be technique, hand placement, understanding the offense. So that's, that's tough because it's just, everyone's just different. Okay. Now, now the kind of the next thing I wanted to hit on at, after we kind of got the vanilla part of the pass pro is what is your drill progression for pass pro? Like how, I mean, cause I, I know, I know certain coach, I mean, it varies depending on the level of your kids. Like if you have a vast, um, like upperclassmen heavy group coming back, it, you can kind of get a little advanced a little quicker. But where do you kind of hey, here spring? This is what I'm working on, and then when you hit the fall, this is this is where we should be, and these are the drills that I'm now heading for that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not like a. I'm not a huge. Um, like every drill I do, like it, it's got to have a purpose and it's got to be applicable to the game. Um, I just don't want to do a drill, do a drill. Like I, I want the guys to see this drill and they see it in team or they see it in the game. So most of it's just kind of just pass rushing simulation. I mean, I talked about setting the line, getting out to that spot. Um, we'll do one-on-ones every single day and coaching off that tape is always great. I mean, I, our guys get the best work from going full speed and coaching off of it. Um, drill wise, a, a lot of twists, um, twist pickup on ourselves. Um, setting the line is always big every single day. And not do a whole lot of vertical set. Um, we'll do some change of direction stuff. That's always big in the off season. Uh, change of direction, just from like a kick post standpoint. Yeah. Um, and it's all reaction based too. So I don't want to just get to a cone and go to the next cone. It's all in a command. So they're not cheating the drill or not guessing. Yeah. That's always something I think that's really great in pass pro too. Um, you never know when that guy's gonna make that inside move or not. So we always gotta be disciplined, but not a whole lot of fancy drills. I mean, it's pretty, pretty vanilla stuff. It's just getting a lot of reps at and keep getting better at and coaching off tape and hand placement. So it's not a <laughs> try to stop boring right. now, but it's just not, not a whole lot of stuff. Now also kind of with that, I haven't asked you yet, but why not the vertical set? What's why do you, do you choose not to go that route and go more of an angled set? Uh, really the only times we're really going verticals on like a backside of a, a five man protection when we potentially squeeze down on a guy um, kind of my philosophy with just drop back protection is especially like the way the game's going now with this D lineman you face week to week or just getting freaker and freaker every year. I don't want to give that guy an extra yard or two to come rush at me. I want to take away that rush. Like I said, initially my whole kind of philosophy and drop back protection inside three set to depth as quick as I can get hands on those guys and tackles, take away that angle, make contact as far away from the quarterback as possible. I don't want to keep getting depth, especially with our offense, we're taking shots downfield. So it's a longer progression. So if I just keep getting those vertical and those guys are teeing off on me, it's going to be a long day of this, trying to sit down all those bull rushes. So I'd like to take away that rush as quick as I can. So that's kind of the philosophy I have in that. Okay. Now, the other thing I, I saw while I was watching some of your films is, is especially like your guards pull a lot. Okay. 
Um, heck, I think I think one that same Nichols game. I think you did a I think fake pin and pull with a reverse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then you came back with pin and pull again later. Um, what I mean, how do you pro? I mean, most pull drills are pretty simplistic. Um, but what is your philosophy in terms of pulling technique and drill work? Well, and with those you're talking about, that's just our kind of our pin pull series. Um, that's all open pulls. Uh, it might change a little bit sometimes depending on the, the play type or if someone's coming down to crack the end. I know there might be some penetration, but typically all of our pin pulls all open pull. Um, and then counter counters open pull and and we teach skip pull and power, but we're not a huge power team. Um, but like I said, drill work, not a whole lot of drill work because in, in eight the, when we're pulling and running pin pull, like it, it, that's a repetition play and it's got to be taught at full speed. Um, you're a big guy, 300 plus pounds moving in space and those guys reacting. You got to go. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll walk through a bunch of that stuff for just assignment wise. Um, but we just run it so much. It's got to be a full speed play. Uh, you only get such a good look kind of your indie period from other O-linemen, but we just rep it so much in team and, and inside period. Um, I just think that's a repetition thing. You just got to get good at it by making those split to se- split um, second decisions in space. Um, so it's really just more of a rep thing. We're not a huge, we'll, we'll work more on like the choke part of it, uh, but the pulling part is really mostly from team situations. Okay. Now when you say you work more of the choke part, how are you working that more of the choke part? Um, so a base and a choker is just essentially the same blocks for us. A, a base is just, play side and it chokes backside away from the play. So we use them in so many different run schemes and it's an easy drill to, cause everyone has to do it. So we just partner up and go down the line and we'll flip it. But the way we teach that is uh, first I explain leverage to them. What does leverage mean? And how we define leverage is, is my hats between the ball care and the man. So I got to keep that and understand where the ball is hitting. So on a base block, I know that ball's coming inside of me. So we tell them the inside V the neck that first step takes my aim point, second step's contact. So on that contact, I'm going sternum and bicep, inside hands, bicep, place that hand, sternum, sternum. And then a choke, it's just a base block with the opposite way. We just call the choke. So I'm just going to that place IV now and same thing, sternum and bicep and maintaining leverage the whole time. That's just something quick we'll do um, quite a quite a bit um, in deep periods. Okay. Now, how do you, I mean, I, I'm assuming, especially with being how pass heavy you've been lately, that you have a lot of indie time or small group time with like the D line. How do you like to structure your meeting time and your practices to get the most out of it? Obviously you keep a very few drills and simple, but what is kind of your daily like progression from an O-line standpoint? Okay. This is, we have meeting here and then this is typically how practice is going to go. Yeah. Well, lucky, lucky, like you said, we have a bunch of indie time. That's the one thing about O-line is awesome is really no one's on special teams. So we get that extra 10, 15 minutes and usually the special teams guy goes a little longer. So we get even more meeting time. Um, so we got a bunch of meeting time, which is great. So we get to watch really, I, there's not many days where I can't get through the film. So we get to watch all the film. So kind of how it goes, we'll watch the previous day's film. It's like a, a camp thing where during the season, previous day's film we'll install um, on the board and then we'll install by watching the clips and then we'll get out there and have the pre-practice and then kind of kind of go through it but meeting times breaks we have so much of it and then in the indie time um, with with pass protection there's tons of BPU um, like I, like you like you said we, we throw the ball a lot and we're going to get all kinds of stuff to try to stop those throws so with all the pass protections we have I want to show every look 
imaginable out of those pass protections. But the good thing about it is, is all the rules take care of everything. So as long as their guys know what they're doing, they can cover the right person up, we're going to be fine and get that ball off. So just understanding, really understanding the, the concept of the play. And if you understand the concept and the rules, it doesn't matter what the defense is going to throw at us. We're going to be able to pick it up. Okay. Now, what I mean, you mentioned pregame there. I've kind of started asking people more about this. I'm not pregame, pre-practice. What, what, what do you do? What, how do you, how do you focus in on pre-practice? What does your typical pre-practice look like in general? Uh, our pre-practice, we go out there and during the season, we'll have the, the ones and twos go up and we'll just go through um, everything we've installed. So we break down the first practice of the week is all base down. Then we go third down and um, uh, short yardage. Then we'll go red zone that, that final day in goal line. So everything we're installing that day, we'll just try to hit real quick in that pre-practice, go through certain looks, um, certain looks that we're expecting to see and uh, different plays that we haven't maybe ran for a couple of weeks. So we go through all those plays um, against, a, against a look. And then once the centers and guards, or I'm sorry, centers go for QB center exchange, I'll get some extra combo work with the guards and tackles. And then practice kind of gets rolling from there. But pre-practice generally is just a walkthrough of everything we're going in for that day. It's about 10 minutes long. And we'll get a couple extra combo looks because the centers are snapping. Okay. And then and the next part is because I kind of started hitting on it. I've also asked, what what is the tip, what do you typically look at, work on in pre-game two? How much time do you typically get? Like obviously game day is a whole nother situation and there's yeah. a big between high school and college. Yeah. But I mean, what is a typical pre-game? look like for you and your offensive line uh we'll go out there uh not a whole lot of time um kind of like them let them uh kind of do their own thing just get themselves ready mentally um we'll go out with uh, the centers and we'll go out the quarterbacks probably like the goal line's always the last to go out but the centers will go out with the quarterbacks for probably 20 minutes before the rest of the line goes out and we'll just get under center go from the gun um get we'll just call pretty much every type of play we have just to get that snap right from under the gun, just so the quarterback can go through his routine as well. So we'll get a bunch of snaps in with that. And then centers will kind of just hang out from then rest. The O-line goes out. We'll do a quick stretch. Uh, stretching is quick. Um, if they want to stretch kind of the whole day to kind of get there, get ready for their own, but it's a quick stretch as a team. We'll go out. And the biggest thing when I have that real brief um, indie with them is I just want to hit some base combos, just get them going, um, wake them up, get that mind right, come off the ball, get a quick little pop. I'm going to go down the line and come back the other way, hit the combos, both lines. Uh, and then we'll do a quick one-on-one with the defense, really quick whistle. I'm just looking for that set in the initial punch. And then we'll go down the line and we'll go in for a quick team period. So not a whole lot, just enough to get them right um, and not get them winded. Okay. Like, and then, I mean, kind of, I mean, as, as a no-line coach, what is your tip from, from, the, from game ending and going into Sunday – what is your typical week like in terms of prep look like from that Sunday to, to the following Saturday? Uh, yeah, I, I like to, I know some guys will start the next week ahead of time. I don't like to do that. Um, I'd rather just stay focused on that one opponent. Um, so kind of the game ends, uh, wake up in the morning and I'm not going to watch the film. So I get in the office, just kind of unwind from the game and, and relax. So I'll get in the office Sunday morning, grade the tape, um, we'll meet on that, kind of get that all aside, and we'll just kind of get going. Sunday's their off day as a player, so I have the whole day Sunday to – first thing I'll do is, is watch last week's game, uh, the opponent trying to just get a feel for those guys. Then after that, um, what I do is called 
I make a little cut up called CNN. It's just competitive, normal, normal. So I'll take all the games, whatever, four to five, six game breakdown, whatever we have in those guys. And I'll make a cut up with CNN. So as long as the game's still competitive, it's not a blowout. It's not two minute mode. It's not four minute mode. So all that chunk of plays, is if it's a normal down and distance, not third downs, fourth downs, get all those out of the cut ups. Um, and then a normal field distance. So I take away the the, the coming out, the, the goal line short yard, uh, the goal line red zone play. So I just have that chunk and I'll just kind of go from there. And then I just watch all the personnel groupings, 12, 11, 10, 20, all the way down the line, just kind of get a feel for what their base defense is, kind of who their identity is. Um, so I'll get that plan and then I'll start working on um, just base run package. Um, and then after I kind of get the base run package down, I'll go to pressures drop all the first and second down pressures, get a good feel for that. And then I'll start looking um, who they are as a player. And then I'll build the scouting report for that week uh, to give those guys. So I have that kind of done. And then the next day I'll be a day ahead of the time. So on that Monday, I'll start looking at some third down stuff by myself. Then we'll meet on it Tuesday as a staff, um, get all the third down package and all the third down pressures. Then we'll get the red zone and goal line um, package the next day. So I always try to stay a day or two ahead down the line of that. And then build out. And one thing I, I've been really good for us is just building the run sheet. So we don't have that many runs. I mean, it might look like we do a lot of the stuff, but for us up front, it's, it's really just three concepts that we do. Just a lot of window dressing and a lot of different tags that really don't affect uh, anything we do. So just try to get all those runs and all the looks that they've shown on tape, um, how to block it for each of those. Just so, and I always just shoot it out over their phones. So they can just pull it out whenever. But that's one thing I, I got away from is handing out a piece of paper. I just, just the way guys are now today it's just so much easier for them to pull up their phone and kind of scroll through their phone and look at that stuff so everything i send is on is on their phone so they're just um a lot easier accessible and they carry all that stuff around now when you're doing that week prep and and i and i honestly don't know the 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 answer to this question how, how much do you prepare for stuff that you haven't seen yet because i mean high school is a little different because we'll get that a lot just somebody trying to throw something at the wall and make it stick. How often, especially with how much success you guys have had recently, have you yeah. started seeing stuff um, that you normally wouldn't see or that they didn't show on film kind of as a reaction to what you're doing and how do you prepare? Yeah, we, it happened a, a bunch in 2019. We started having some success throwing the ball a lot more and we, we got a lot of drop eight and stuff. We just haven't really saw a lot of, and then we, First time it happened to us, we just, and then the next time they, they played man the whole game. And at, over the years, our, our guys got a lot better at making those in-game adjustments and understanding what they're trying to do. Um, the biggest thing is like early on in the season, um, really the first game, like you get a, you go against a guy, a new DC that there's no tape on or first time calling plays. The biggest thing is just, okay, what do you do the best? All right, this is what we do the best. What is your answer if they play this defense? What's the answer to play that defense? Okay, this play can do this, this, and this. All right, let's do it. And then after a couple of series, we kind of get a beat on it. And they, I mean, the good thing about us is we've been here, this will be our fifth season as an offense together here now. Um, so our guys have been hearing the same message for such a long time. We've installed it. We installed the offense, I think four times a year um, before winter, work, uh, winter workouts will install it during spring ball. We'll install in the summer, then we'll start during camp. So our guys are, we're installing the stuff so much all the years and um, our guys really have a great understanding of what we do. So it's not a huge concern because um, we, we try to keep it pretty simple and our rules kind of take care of any fronts or defenses they, um, they'll they show us. So, and our ROC is great. Coach Greg Stevens is a phenomenal coordinator, very smart guy and he dials it up and 
he just he, he's been doing it for so long and he's just he's he's, he's great at um seeing what the defense is trying to do to us and just kind of have an answer for it. It's done a great job. Now, and my next question is, what, what advice would you give high school line coaches just kind of as a prep for season, especially if you're in a, a, a kind of similar offense yours is very pass heavy with very few simple run schemes? Mm-hmm. Um, I know obviously in high school, there's not as much meeting time uh, with the guys. Um, but what I would tell them, if, if I coach high school football, it's try to keep it as simple as possible and let those guys play fast. Um, a line, you got to be smart. You got to know what the heck you're doing. Um, and there's so much pre-snap that has to go through your mind. Um, to, uh, whether it's the pre-snap, post-snap movement, uh, safety location, linebacker location, reading the defense alignment stance. There's so many things. But if you can keep it simple scheme-wise and just get those guys really good at what they do and not try to reinvent the wheel every single year, or every single week, um, and let those guys get confident in what they do, they're going to be a lot better. Um, if they can just cover the right person up, Right. If they're not kicking their ass, but they can cover that person up, you're going to have a chance. Uh, that was one thing I remember when I was at Mississippi State, uh, our head coach, uh, Coach Mullen, uh, that's what his big thing was, <laughs> just cover that guy up. I don't care if you don't move him five years, I'll cover that guy up. If we can cover up the right people, put a hat on a hat, we're going to have a chance. And I always just remember that little lesson. Um, the guy's got to know what they're doing. And I always end every meeting if we have time, especially now we got tons of time, but they get those guys up on the board and have them teach the offense the rest of the room. It helps with their confidence, helps me know what they don't know. Um, I thought that's just been a, a great thing. But the biggest message is keep it simple. The guys got to know what they're doing. And once they know what they're doing, then they can play fast. And then once they understand that, then you can start adding stuff. But just keep it simple, let them play fast. Okay, and then my last question for you, Coach, before we get out of here is uh, what's your favorite O-line drill? Favorite O-line drill? Man, so many good ones. Um, Crowther's always great. You can do so much stuff on it. Um, I'm not a big shoot guy. Never been a big shoot guy. Um, but honestly, I just like working combos. I like um, – and it, it becomes competitive because, I mean, our guys are coming off the ball in defense too, but just really – that's what we do. We do inside zone more than anything. So we work on combos every single day, um, try different techniques, uh, back locations. Uh, combos are great, and I we – we do a lot of board drills uh, to start practice off kind of EDD everyday drills. Um, one thing I, I've really liked over the years that's been fun and makes guys uh, think quick is we'll just get the, the board set up and put a med ball on the board. They have to come off the board, have the med ball underneath them, and then I'm just holding up different numbers and making me off the numbers. So concentrating on their feet, their hand placement, and just seeing different numbers thrown out. So that's always been a good one for us too, but um, I don't know. I love combos. I just love guys coming off the ball and, and sure. moving guys from point A to point B against the will. Simple and effective, Coach. So That's it. Um, coaches, uh, give him a follow on Twitter. His his Twitter handle will be in the bio below. Um, also, check out their football program. Uh, they've had like, again, quite a bit of success lately, um, and they're planning on continuing that. I think they, they opened up with uh, Louisiana Lafayette yep. and, and then Florida Atlantic. Um, so they, they got a, a – a, Good, good two games to start off the season with, to test them and, and see where they're at. So uh, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Check out our sponsor, Coach Pad. Uh, links in the bio. Um, otherwise, that wasn't our episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Thank you, Coach. Thank you.